With working women, how many things are you expected to do on a daily basis? It's impossible to do it all, yet we're asked to each day. Listen to hear how one high-wire woman, Rosanna Berardi, stays on the high wire while managing a busy law firm, a consulting business, teaching at a law school, parenting her 14-year-old son, and maintaining a happy and healthy marriage. Let Rosanna show you how to make sense of your life and stay on that high wire. Hello, High Wire Woman, and thanks for joining us for another fun episode of the High Wire Woman podcast. I'm Rosanna Berardi, and today I'm really happy to welcome a very special guest, Katherine Erickson. Katherine is a feminine wealth empowerment money mindset coach and is going to talk to us today about the taboo subject of money right up there with religion and politics. Katherine is talking to us from the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and welcome, Katherine. Hey, Rosanna. Thank you so much for having me on. Our pleasure. So, Catherine, tell us your one-minute life story. Tell us who you are and what you do. I am a woman who grew up in a very male-dominated household, so I had the contrast of feminine masculine energy from very early on. Went into a very masculine-oriented field, uh, law, just like you. I practiced law for 23 years. And then eventually tapered off and became a writer and speaker and coach. Wow. So what made you leave the practice of law? So many lawyers, me not included, because I love being a lawyer, but so many lawyers are like, oh my God, just get me out of this profession. I want to go open an ice cream stand or do something else. Like what pushed you out the door? You know, it was a combination of things. The stress was obviously a lot. I was in litigation, set for trial probably twice a month. And you know what that's like getting a case ready. So that on top of, we adopted a baby girl. So of course I wanted to be home with her. So it took a little bit to work that out. So those two forces converged and I was ready. I was ready to try something else. And I feel like I've basically reinvented myself. Yeah, you really have. I mean, and how fortunate to have two separate careers. You know, a lot of people dream of that and, and can't ever make the move. So kudos to you for doing it. So tell us about your second act, your new career. Tell us about where you are right now and what you're doing. Right. Thank you so much. I am a money coach and I've had this deep passion to teach women what I have learned. I had to learn how to be with money. And for the first how many decades of my life, I treated money like I had learned it from my brothers and from my father, from a very masculine-oriented approach. And that works great for men. I think women struggle with it. It never felt natural for me. So I went out and searched and read and started looking at money in a different way. And that's what led up to my coaching business and also my latest book. So tell me, what's the masculine way of looking at money? like? How do men look at it differently than women? All right, great question. So when you think about our financial structure, and this is for the United States, basically, and Western society, when you look at our financial structure, it's very much, there's a linear feel to it. It's very goal-oriented. It's very task-oriented, data-driven, and there's a lot of analysis. Look at the stock market. That's how people decide if they're going to buy a stock or not, or Mm -hmm. if they've been successful. It's an outward focus, a data-driven kind of objective measure of success. And I hate to say it, but in my family, 
I was judged against my brothers in terms of salary and income. Mm. And my brothers are entrepreneurs and they bought and sold companies, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And I worked for an insurance company, basically. So it's not a fair comparison. Sure. And that's when I started realizing, wait a minute, there's got to be another way. There has to be a way to use my feminine powers. I call them feminine money superpowers. So I can become peaceful with money and making money and attracting more abundance. So where do you see women getting caught up? What are the obstacles that women have that really keeps them from having a healthy relationship with their money and their wealth? That's a great question. And here's the short answer. Mm -hmm. They try to do it like a man. Okay. And I know from my own personal experience, I was always very frustrated. I worked hard. I had goals. I saved. But it just didn't feel natural. I always felt like I was missing something. And this is not an either or approach. It's an and approach because I believe everyone has the ability to use masculine and feminine energy, and it's not tied necessarily to gender. It's more of the type of energy. Interesting. So when women come to you for help, like what kind of clients, what kind of women are you seeing? Like, what are they struggling with? What do they want? Like, what are their goals? I see a lot of millennials who are either working in a job or they're trying to leave their corporate job and start either a coaching practice or some kind of solo business, solopreneur. And the problem is they use the same template that they were taught, which is set a goal, work hard, do X, Y, Z, and then you'll be happy. And the way I categorize that, Rosanna, is doing first, then having, and then you'll be happy. Do have be. And that's kind of the outward way of becoming successful. Hmm. And so the feminine way, and again, I'm using this generically, not tied to gender. The feminine way is to be first. You generate what you want first internally, and then you allow that to inform your actions. And then you have whatever it is that you've been striving for. That sounds very esoteric, and I understand that. For example, I wake up every morning and generate gratitude. I'm grateful for so many things. And I set a goal for myself. I, I walk every morning, meditate, and journal. And I set a goal for myself on my walks to find as many things to be grateful for as I can. And by the end of my walk, I am just floating in gratitude. And that opens me up to internal messages, if I can call them that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so then those messages become what I take the steps that I'm going to do today. I may get an inspirational nudge to call someone or send someone I hadn't thought about in a while in an email. And it turns out that that's the perfect action to have taken. And I never would have gotten that from my logical analytical brain. Because we're so task oriented, right? Yes. Like we have to do this. We have to do that. And I talk all the time on this podcast about the busy badge that we all wear. Like we wear it with pride. Like, you know, if I saw you in an elevator and, and you said to me, oh, Rosanna, how are you? Oh, oh, Catherine, I'm so busy. You know, I just, I haven't had time to breathe. Like we're proud of that. Well, and I want to flip that upside down. And when I see you in an elevator, I want to be like, man, I am just chill. I'm living my best life. This is great. 
<laughs> we don't encourage that at all. Like it's whoever's busiest and dies first wins, right? Unfortunately, that can be the competition. That can be the race that we're in, but it doesn't have to be. Correct. Another, another thing that I discovered, Rosanna, on my journey from leaving law to becoming who I am now is meditation and mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Learning that I can take a moment, step back, take several deep breaths, become aware of my body and just release the stress. And then I come back to whatever it was that caused the stress and I'm much more capable of responding instead of reacting. And I wish I had known that when I was practicing law because Mm -hmm. I would have been using it all the time. And it's hard. We live in such a noisy world. Like everything's dinging at us, right? It's Instagram, Facebook, our email, our cell phone, like ding, 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 ding. And we react. And one of the things I do with my high wire woman clients is to help them learn to turn off the noise and be strategic and not react, right? Like not everything that comes our way needs an immediate response. It feels like it. And I don't know about you, but like if I'm across the room and a text message comes in and I don't like get up to look at my phone, I'm like, I wonder who it was. I wonder what they're saying. You know, and it's like, (laughs) oh, I have all this mental energy where you know, you and I both lived in a time where there wasn't that. Oh, yeah. Remember when it was like when you could think when like I think about my early days as being a lawyer, and I'm sure you can remember this, where you actually had time to think about a question your client may have had. Now it's like, I got to I got to research this and I got to type it and I have to send it as fast as humanly possible. Right. And our industry is not better for that at all. No, because a lot of the thinking that we're doing in the stressful situations come from our lizard brain. Yes. Yes. And I don't know if you've heard that term before. It's, I believe it's the amygdala. I may be mixing up my terms, but when your body is in stress and when you are in a fight or flight mode, you have adrenaline rushing through, you have all the uh, cortisol, all the stress hormones. And you cannot think from your executive function part of your brain. And so when I found that out and discovered that, I started noticing when I, when my body started tensing up and that's when you can interrupt that pattern. That's when you can say, no, I'm not going to allow that to happen. It, It happens so quickly. We think it's just a natural thing, but it isn't. Something externally or internally triggered you and your body responded. So I always tell my clients to listen to your body because your body is in the present moment. Your mind is not. Your mind is a time traveler. It's either worrying about something from the past or projecting into the future. And we have allowed our minds to take over our bodies. We think what we are thinking about or worrying about is real. And it may be, it may not be. But it's certainly not going to be a a physical threat, which is why the fight or flight syndrome, fight or flight response developed in the first place for protection. And so when you're faced with, I remember this so clearly, Rosanna, I would get an email from an opposing attorney and, you know, he didn't like my discovery responses and objections (laughs) and, oh, we're setting this for a hearing. And my stomach would just clench and there was no reason for it, but it was that I felt like I was being attacked. And so, like I said, back then, I didn't know how to handle that. Now, what I would do would be to kind of step away and, you know, look out the window 
or just become present and then say, well, he's full of BS and this is Mm -hmm. what we're going to do instead. So that's just one example. Yeah. And it's really impactful. I mean, sometimes if I'm very stressed at the office, I'll just walk out the door and go for a quick walk around the parking lot, which is less than five minutes. And, you know, I always joke when I'm walking out, don't worry, I'm not going to run in traffic. (laughs) (laughs) But just taking a loop around the parking lot and leaving my phone behind, I don't have my phone with me, super powerful. It just resets your body, resets your mind, allows you in my mind to see the forest from the trees, right? Like the trees from the forest and super impactful. And once in a while, when I see my team, when I, I could feel the stress, I'll say to them, okay, two o'clock quick team meeting. And we all get in the conference room. Like, okay, we're going for a five minute walk. And people love it because they feel like they're too busy to walk. But if I'm telling them they have to, they will. And invariably they pair up with somebody and start talking about their weekend plans. It's just a reset. And I always sound like you're so much more productive for that 10 minute break, right? Like it's really, really powerful. And And I I don't think for doing that. Yeah, we don't, we don't live in a society that rewards that. We're like, what? You let your lawyers get away from their desk? Yes, I encourage it, right? It's, you get so much more ROI from that than making them sit at their desk through lunch and not eating and drinking coffee all day. Like that's toxic. Oh, absolutely. And it's going to show up in their work. So that is so brilliant of you to recognize that no matter what people do, (laughs) we're still human and we need those breaks and obviously the stress management. For sure. So tell us about your book. You wrote a book, which is super impressive. It's on my bucket list to write a book. So tell me about your book, why you wrote it, what it's about. Yeah. Well, you were mentioning the forest for the trees. (laughs) I decided to write a book about the money tree. Ah, the money tree that I tell my son we don't have in our backyard. I know, I know. But this is more of a, it's a spiritual parable is what I call it. Ah, I love it. it. It teaches life lessons inside the story. Okay. So I have always loved the structure of stories. How do you tell mm-hmm. a really great story? Yep. How do you captivate people? How do you get them involved and interested? And what People forget when you're telling a story, your listener is putting themselves into that story. Mm -hmm. When you're watching a great movie, for example, aren't you in that scene? You're in that story. You're sympathizing or empathizing with one of the characters or all the characters. And it's just magical. I have several books on that and I'm getting sidetracked, but Mm -hmm. our brains are wired for that is the short answer. So that's why I started writing inspirational books. I've written several other books as well. Mm -hmm. But this one, The Money Tree, is the latest one because last year, watching the world stop spinning during quarantine, I got depressed. I mean, I was, you know, not going to my usual luncheons. I wasn't seeing anyone. You know, talking on Zoom is great, but it just wasn't the same thing. And there was so much uncertainty. And so I asked, what can I do to help people? Because I didn't want to stay in that kind of, you know, bummed out state. And the answer I got was write this book. So every morning after I meditated and journaled, I took out my iPad and wrote some more on the book. So Mm -hmm. it's a growth experience for me to bring this out to the world. And it contains the concepts that I'd love to teach my clients before we start working together. Okay. And can you give us an example? Like what's one of the concepts in the book? 
start noticing when you're allowing your mind to tell you when you're doing and then having and then and then someday you'll be happy start mm. noticing that and flipping it that is the biggest lesson in the book as well as the fact i'll share a little secret we're called human beings for a reason hmm. and we focus on the human part which is the thinking and the feeling and the doing we never focus on the being part and so being, I define being in the book as born to express the infinite nature of God, B-E-I-N-G, born to hmm. express the infinite nature of God. When you start seeing your life that way, you realize we want to be, and then the blank is happy or fulfilled or whatever it is, whatever state of energy you want to experience. And you do that first and allow that to inform your next steps. So right now, everyone can be abundant. And I know that sounds like a radical idea, but the fact that they're even listening to this podcast, mm -hmm. that's abundance. The fact that you can hear with your ears, that's abundance. So you go down that list and think, oh my gosh, you're right. I'm abundant right now. Well, when you're sure. being abundant, guess what? That's what you're going to attract back to you. Mm -hmm. So many people wait for those benchmarks. Like when I have the job where I make $100,000, then I'll be happy. Exactly. Right? Right. And you're pushing your happiness off to a yes. very indefinite future. You yeah. can be happy right now. Right. And only you can make that decision. That's the other key. We always think it's the government or it's mm -hmm. the parents or it's the job or whatever. No, right now. You it's so funny. I'm in a business group with entrepreneurs. And, you know, when we start off the group, one of the exercises is, you know, tell us something good that's happened in your personal and your professional life. And like, I have a laundry list because I look at my life through the grateful lens. But there is a gentleman in our group that every month has nothing. Oh, that's sad. And one time he had to go back to like 15 years ago, something good happened to him. And we joke about it like, oh, ha, 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 you know, here he is again with nothing to say. But I think, oh, like, that's a sad existence. Like how, I mean, when I wake up every day, I'm like, wow, not everybody gets to wake up. Not everyone gets to walk. Not everyone gets to breathe or process words or language. You know, when you take it down to that very basic level of, I'm lucky today, right? I'm so fortunate that, first of all, I live in America. I'm free. I could do what I want. Like, if you look at your life that way, you're like, whoa, I am so abundant, right? Like, I live, I'm so lucky. There's so many people right now suffering. I'm not in a hospital bed. I'm walking around and having a great time, right? And doesn't that energy feel good? Mm -hmm. And so, in the book, I talk about energy. And money is just energy. When you boil it down to its essence, it's just energy. But it's the type of energy that mirrors your energy. Mm -hmm. So that gentleman in your group who can't find anything to be grateful for, I can almost guarantee you he struggles, and I'm using air quotes, with money mm -hmm. because he sees all the negative things. And right. so this isn't a magical, oh, I feel abundant and then I'll be a millionaire. I'm not saying that. This right. is more of an integration of your own state of being. And then it slowly will start appearing as your reality. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like in the 16 years that I've had my law firm, 
you know, with an abundant mindset and a grateful mindset, it's allowed me to grow the firm to what it is today. And and part and parcel with money too, right? Like obviously I make more money today than I did 16 years ago when I was a solo, but that money has allowed me to help so many people, not only just through employment and giving people jobs and things to do, but helping our community, helping those in need. I mean, having money is a gift. It allows you to facilitate so many positive things. Yeah, and Rosanna, I'm glad you brought that up. There have been studies done that when women feel wealthy after their their own needs are taken care of, they immediately look out to the community and say, how can I help? Mm-hmm. Who can I help? And so that's really my mission is to help women become wealthy, mm-hmm. help them become abundant as they define it. And that will create the tsunami of feminine energy that wants to nurture other people and it mm-hmm. just spreads out. That's another reason why I coach women. Yeah. And I mean, just think about the cumulative effect of that, right? I mean, how powerful. Talk about changing the world. And, you know, people are like, oh, you know, you make a lot of money. And and it's it's like a negative thing, right? Like, and I'm like, well, you know, it, it allows me to do a lot of really amazing things and help lots of amazing people. And and that's great to me. You know, I'm applauding that all day long and I want others to have that same experience for sure. Exactly. Because you have an abundant mindset. There's enough for everyone. Yes. Early on in my career, a lawyer had said that to me, you know, just about like competition and files. And he said, you know, Rosanna, there's enough to go around for everyone. And I'm like, you're right. You're right. And, you know, when we get a client, that's great. When we lose a client, I'm like, oh, well, there's enough, you know, there's enough to go around. I'll figure it out. I'll do something else. And it's really a positive way to live your life and not be in that extreme panic, like, I lost a client. Oh my God. You know, I mean, you've got to be like, okay, well, I lost one, but maybe this will give me an opportunity to get a better one, right? Or a newer one or, you know, something of that Start that book. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So speaking of the book, tell us where we can get it and tell us how to get it, because I certainly want to take a look at it this weekend, sitting on my patio, which is my life goal for the weekend. (laughs) Okay, good. And I hope you have nice weather. (laughs) You know, in Buffalo, this is our sweet season. So I will be back there. So tell us about how we can get it and how it can help us. Right. It's called The Money Tree, Transform Scarcity Thinking to Empowered Wealth Consciousness. And it's on Amazon right now as a Kindle book for, drum roll, please. 99 cents. What? 99 <laughs> cents? Holy yeah. moly. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm in this kind of pre-launch period. Okay. And that's why that's I was awesome. so, yeah, so excited that you would let me come on your show and, and talk about it. So basically the plot of the book is divine love needed someone to go to earth and teach people about money because people were just messing it up. Mm-hmm. And so the sweet spirit said, hey, I'm, I'll do it. And she lands, doesn't know what a tree is, doesn't know what money is. And it's kind of her journey to understand why humans get so crazy about Mm. money and wealth and abundance. And through her insights, she's able to help other people. Wow. Well, that sounds amazing. I can't wait. So I'm going to go on Amazon. I'm going to spend my 99 cents. Thank you, (laughs) Catherine, for letting us all be empowered and sharing your knowledge with this great book. So Catherine, if you had to leave the high wire woman with, with one value bomb, golden gem, 
you know, my listeners are busy working women who are rock stars, but it's hard. It's hard to be on that high wire all day long and not fall off to your demise. What do you say to them? First of all, start a meditation practice. That's the first thing. The second thing, and it only takes 10 minutes a day, so don't tell me you don't have time. Mm -hmm. Get up a little bit earlier. The app I use is called Insight Timer, the word Insight Timer, and it keeps track every day of how many minutes you've meditated, and I have used that app now for more than three years, and I've got, you know... I don't know how many minutes, but Mm -hmm. it's affirming to see that. So the first thing is meditate. The second thing is start being aware when your body feels in stress. And there's all kinds of mindfulness techniques you can find on the internet or reach out to me. I've got, they're on my email list as well. But Mm -hmm. start managing yourself to the point where you are present in every moment. You're not worried about the past. You're, You're not thinking about the future. You're here now, fully aware, fully authentic, and fully being. That's my advice. That's awesome. Well, Catherine, thank you for your wisdom and your truth. So Catherine Erickson, her website is actually empoweredway.com. We will share all of her information in our show notes. Her new book, The Money Tree, is available on Amazon as a Kindle download, 99 cents, ladies and gentlemen. I definitely encourage you to check it out. But thank you for reminding us of what's really important. And I love the idea of starting your day with gratitude and looking around at all the things that you're grateful for. And I'll tell you, it makes a huge difference. And I'm in Buffalo, New York. It's summertime right now. And man, when I I was driving up the street today, I'm like, wow, like everything looks so lush, right? And grown in and the flowers are, I mean, it is a dark contrast to February in Buffalo. <laughs> I can't <laughs> imagine. Everything is gray. <laughs> but I just pause for a minute. And I'm like, wow, like it's beautiful. You know, it's like you got to look and stop, stop and smell the roses and look and enjoy it. And I believe that when you do that, it comes back to you completely. It does. It's amplified. It truly is. Well, thanks for being here today. I really appreciate it. Of course, Rosanna, and I hope everything goes well with you and all the flowers keep blooming. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Thank you. All right.